Coming up on this Don't Panic, we talk about net neutrality, what it is and what it actually means for you. We talk about Google's smart contact lenses, Amazon shipping you things before you even order them, and we turn up the jazz. All that and more on this episode of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 30, recorded January 20th, 2014, on the neutral net, Amazon's time travels, and turn up the jazz. Hello and welcome to this spoonerized edition of Punk Danic. I'm John Shunnings, joined as always by Man Diller and Roby Crabadoo, and we've got a ton of sectories uh, to go over today, so thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm just kidding. This is Don't Panic, uh, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. Uh, I am Sean Jennings, Dan Miller, and Colby Rabadoo. Uh, all and three of us? I, I am. I speak for us all when we say we're glad you're here joining us on the show. Uh, and watching with us, we do this every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and, of course, you can get the live episode and all past episodes at our fantastic, shiny website, don'tpanic.io. There you'll get links to subscribe to us on iTunes, our RSS feed, our Facebook page. And, of course, email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Did I hit all of that? Uh, I did. That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, that sounds good, then. Why don't we, uh, unless you guys have any... Oh, I did want it before I forget... We had our, um, I've got my mug here, but our Don't Panic mug winners, uh, we, we picked after, uh, take a sip of that, uh, we picked after our show last week, uh, and I want, I want to thank everyone who took the time to enter, thank you so much for supporting us uh, and liking us on Facebook. We had two winners, Nancy and Jill, uh, thank both of you for, uh, for entering, you're going to get a mug, it's going to look just like this with our logo on it, and then on the other side, uh, it's going to say, I think I have it saying uh, official contest winner, uh, and you're going to get these in two to six weeks, so keep an eye in your, on your mail. That's awesome. So thank you for supporting us. We're going to do more giveaways like that in the future, so uh, keep, you got to watch every week or you won't know, so stay tuned. Um, let's jump into the news, and uh, a big story uh, this week uh, probably would be uh, net neutrality. Um, net neutrality, for those of you who don't know or are confused by the term, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the idea... So think about it. Your electricity just comes to your house. Your water just comes to your house. You don't really have to... You don't get water or electricity any better than the guy down the road. You don't pay extra to get hot water. Well, you do. It's in your house. But you get the idea through the pipes. That, those are called utilities. And that's how they send these things to you. Okay? Back in the age of, when telephones were first came about in your average home, there was a question of, well, what if one person wants to charge more or long distance? You know, should you be charged more to talk to one person versus another? Uh, say your phone is from AT&T, but you want to talk to somebody on Verizon's network. Is it fair that they charge you extra for that? So they came up with this content of neutrality, which is the idea that it's just a pipe. And the company that owns the pipe, your Verizons and Comcast of the world, don't have the right to tell you what goes through the pipe. They merely supply it. That's sort of the, the broad concept. But the question is, how does this apply to the Internet, which is much more broad than telephone or electricity or any of that? So for a long time, there's been this battle 
uh, raging. We talked a couple weeks ago about AT&T wanting to do it on wireless with their sponsored data program. Um, there have been companies that have been known for throttling uh, certain types of traffic, BitTorrent, for example, having their traffic slowed down, which some would argue is unfair compared to other traffic, um, using it to block illegal content, to monitor what customers do. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, it's been in the rule books for a long time. The FCC regulates this. Uh, and back in 2002, they set out to make rules regulating this neutrality on the Internet. Uh, this week, uh, the second for the second time, these net neutrality rules have been struck down. Um, it is because of the, believe it or not, it's because of the terminology the FCC uses uh, because they don't classify Internet service providers in the same group they do telephone providers, giving Internet service provider a wider net to fall under. They don't fall under the same rules, and that's based on the terminology the FCC rules uh, uses. Does that make sense? I'm with you. Okay. So at this point... Based on today's current rules, courts have more than once uh, struck down um, the authority the FCC has over the Internet to, um, to shut it down. That the uh, FCC, um, the government can't impose common carrier rules on ISPs. Common carrier is what applies to phones and the like, um, based on the way the laws are today. Uh, it's also in the laws, and this was a couple years ago, that they determined that wireless networks do not apply to the same rules as uh, a traditional ISP uh, wired provider. So in summation, what does this mean? As of right now, the FCC cannot put net neutrality rules on networks, both wired and wireless, of all kinds. The FCC can propose new rules that would cover them. They have yet to do so. But the way the rules are now, they have been continuously struck down by courts. <clears throat> That's the gist of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so if is it true that if they had just picked their words a little more carefully when they originally wrote these laws, that things would be better? We'd be in a happier place? That is true. What, what, the, the difference is, is because there's two categories. Um, there's information service providers, which is your Comcast and Verizon's that do internet, and there's telecommunications carriers, which is like phone and the like. Um, the fact that these are two separate things is a problem because the law currently states that the FCC can regulate neutrality on telecommunications carriers, not on the ISPs, because they're separate. Oh. And... If they had just in the law stated that the ISPs were considered the same as telecommunications carriers, then the law would apply to them. But because they didn't, the law still stands for telecommunications carriers. It just doesn't apply to the ISPs. But doesn't the law stand for uh, landline ISPs, but just not for cell phone carriers? Or is that not true? Well, what they just struck down this week is for traditional wireless IS or wired ISPs. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know if you remember two or three, might even be four years ago, when they were auctioning off Spectrum, and Google came in and said, we want rules put on for net neutrality on the Spectrum, and they made a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. Well, at that time, the FCC ruled that wireless is not treated the same as wired, 
and mobile phone carriers, there are no current net neutrality rules. Whatever happens with your traditional ISPs does not apply to mobile. They are considered different networks completely. <laughs> Believe it or so, not. Well, and you know, it's lobby groups is, is what it is, and these companies have big bucks. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it, like they said, all they'd have to do is get a majority of the FCC board to, to pass a rule saying ISPs are telecommunications carriers. The problem is they don't think they can get it because of these lobbying groups. Because of lobbying groups? That's a big part of it. They don't, they don't, they think there's so much money behind keeping net neutrality off the books that um, they don't know if they're going to be able to get the support they need to, to get the, the rules in place. Because it's not like they have to go to Congress. It's the FCC is in charge of this. Um, at least this specific case, uh, but it's a matter of getting the, the votes on the board. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Like, so I think we should talk a bit, a little about, like, what it means. <laughs> like, like, what bad could happen. Because I feel like... It's well, not it's scary. It, it sounds <laughs> scary. It really does, but a lot of people... It does sound scary, but, like, why is it scary? Um, well, you guys work Don't at... we want free data from AT&T for Netflix? Well, see, the, the problem is less that... I guess... <laughs> less that you're getting free data for one thing and more that you could end up getting more, like... Netflix, or, you know, a, you know, an AT&T or a Comcast or, like, a Time Warner cable or something that... Right, realistically, they compete with Netflix, and Netflix goes through their bandwidth. Um, like they could, they could throttle Netflix data. They like they could easily kill something like Netflix that's a bandwidth-heavy application before it even gets started. Um, yep. So, yep. like one of the things, like the one of the reasons that we've had that companies on the internet are, tend to be so like disruptive is that because to, to use a buzzword for that I apologize because it's annoying. We forget but, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, because everyone gets the same internet like there's nothing you can't there's nothing stopping you from going to Netflix in America in China there is in our, you know <laughs> in, in like Iran or something I think there is right but in America you can go to the internet the whole internet and nothing but the internet, um, and doing something like this gives gives the care gives companies the power to stop people from going to from I guess fairly experiencing the internet. Well, you have to remember these these companies. What's their first and foremost goal? To make money. Make money. Well, to make yeah, money. Of course. And just, and being, just a, being a big dumb pipe is not a good way. Not a right. Well, I mean, you can make money, but you could make more money. Oh, you can you, make a t You could gouge people for, like. Well, I think mean, about it. You can you can build them on both sides of the pipe. You go to a company like Facebook or Etsy, and you say, "Hey, if you give us a little bit more, you'll get to your customers faster." Right. You can do and the that's same how to the start. Right. That's yeah. how it'll. But and that's what AT and T is doing, really, if you think about it. In a way, right? They're not what forcing them to pay, into, but right. What it'll turn into is you can't get these. It cable HBO 
Like, you can't get these things unless you... You can't get Facebook unless you fucking pay Comcast for it or something like right, that. Right, and that's you know? the other side, is then the, it's either the... Well, it could be both, even. Companies will pay, have to pay for access to customers. Customers will have to pay for access to companies. They'll say, we'll give you the internet. Oh, you want to watch Netflix? Well, that's a big chunk of what we serve up on our network. So there's a $5 a month extra Netflix charge. They can absolutely right. do that. Right. And then... Um, crap, what was it going to say? Damn it. <laughs> well, and it's even, th- and you have to remember, you know, here, a good example is Google's getting into the ISP. They've got Google Fiber. Uh, what if, you know, they have Google Play. They serve up movies. What if all of a sudden they decided they wanted to slow down iTunes so people wouldn't use them because they're a competitor? It's the same idea. You know, think about it. A company like Comcast, they own NBC Universal. They own the content as well as the pipes. Liz Lemon so- works there. Liz Lemon at Cable Town, that's right, <laughs> uh, with a K. You know, so you have to think that what's to stop them from either speeding up their own content or slowing down others? I mean, it, while it is a slippery slope, and you, you know, you all know me as I hate conspiracy theories, and I, you know, but this is one of the few that I actually am like, this actually is very plausible, what we're talking about right now. I mean, extremely I'm, plausible. I'm worried about it because... If you take a step back as a consumer, it sounds like a really good deal. Like, you know, all these carriers, most things, so like how many companies where people really have all their own, like, internet and stuff? Like, even if uh, Comcast or whatever wanted to say no more Netflix, they'd really be saying no more Amazon. And even if Comcast want to say, you know, hey, you're going to have to pay for videos, YouTube and Netflix, and that's like 98% of all videos that anyone would ever watch. And people create content on YouTube, and so it's still possible as long as you, like, huddle under one of these little giant corporations, which isn't ideal, but from a customer standpoint, I could see a world where it works out really well at least appears to work out well for them. They don't know that they're missing out on all this innovation now, but it's hard to see that. Well, you know, I'm I'm Mr. Free Market. I love don't regulate, let the free market handle it. The problem I have in this specific case, and the way the free market works in general, is if you don't like what they're doing, go next door to their competitor, and then they'll change their mind to get you back as a customer. The problem is, in most of America, there is no competitor. There yeah. is no other it's, company you can turn it, to. It's, it's like 70% of Americans, right, have, like, one cable, one choice. Absolutely. It's it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. You know, we saw this past week that uh, Comcast put in a bid to buy Time Warner Cable. Um, you know, That's I mean, they, I, it's something I don't think the government would ever let pass, but you see these companies consolidating, creating these monopolies, and that's where you really have to worry is when you have the monopoly and the power to enforce that monopoly through no net neutrality. Right, right. So it's that's uh yeah, that's that's pretty pretty terrifying. I mean, it's it's the yeah, it's a, basically I think what it boils down to is is turning the internet into cable television. And let's be honest, no one is happy with cable television. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they they make a lot of money on cable television. You can't blame them. No, I, I don't blame them, but I do, <laughs> you know, like, we know what happens when 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 the 
it, it goes down that way, so let's not do that again. Uh, Colby, how does it feel? It feels bad. It feels bad. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> well, we'll certainly keep an eye on this story, and, and as we know right now, there are no companies currently at least largely uh, you know, throttling traffic or doing things... You know, little bits here and there, nothing too bad yet, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. With I think 2014 is going to be an interesting legal year. Uh, you know, we have Aereo is going to the Supreme Court this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to probably see more on this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. I honestly where, where don't have a lot of faith. I don't have high hopes. You know... Pessimistic. Let's well. Uh, hopefully, we'll stay optimistic, but uh, but no, I I agree. And you know, it's it's always going to be a fight. Companies are always going to want more power. That's just something we're going to have to live with. Yeah. And figure out how to work with it. Um. Let's move on to something slightly more awesome. Um. What if I told you, I could put a microchip in your contact lens? I would tell you to get right out of here, Sean. Get right out of Dodge. Well, you know what? <laughs> Believe it or not, and and if I told you a company had did it, which company is crazy enough to do it? Google. Google. Google <laughs> uh, the, those Walmart. Walmart. Oh. Well, no. <laughs> the people behind <laughs> the uh, the self-driving cars and the smart glasses and Lord knows what other weird, crazy projects. Uh, this week, their Google X, which is sort of a uh, I don't really know how to describe a Google X. It's sort of the division of the company. Tank. Yeah, I think tank is a good way. It's the division of the company that does all these sort of wacky, futuristic-type side projects. Um, Or or an incubator of crazy (laughs) shit. Yes, exactly. Uh, And this week, uh, they announced that they are building a smart contact lens. Um... What it is, is it's, um, and I'll put up a picture here in a second, uh, which I actually can't do, so I won't, um, <laughs> is uh, the idea behind it is inside of there is a tiny miniature wireless chip and a glucose monitor. So when you put this contact lens in your eye, apparently your tears are have, a, have something in them that makes them a really good indicator of your blood glucose level. Hmm. So the idea is, instead of having, a, if you're diabetic, instead of having to test your blood, you would put this, and it would constantly monitor from the liquid in your eye and then use the wireless chip in there to alert you when the level is too low or too high. That's pretty I great. like it. I was really excited about this. <laughs> I've met a couple uh, diabetic people who are also nerds, and they're uh, really frustrated because a lot of the... I don't really understand how this works, but you can get, like, things implanted in you that are electronic that you can hook up to some system, but you can't get at any of the data. So, like, if you wanted to know what your blood glucose level was throughout the day, you you couldn't really get that data. You could just, like, plug yourself into a computer and read it at any given point. Uh, and that's such a pain, so people, I think it's advised you to do it every four hours, but... I think they said in here that the contact lens can give it to you every second, or it updates itself every second. 
And this is what I want for other things. I don't need to measure my glucose level, but if I could measure other things about my body, like my caffeine level, like Dan stopped drinking so much coffee, it's really easy to just do that because the long-term effects aren't, you know, are long-term and not immediately noticeable. Uh, and that's effectively what this is doing is that keeping your glucose level high is a relatively long-term effect for someone, you know, talking hours, but it can tell you within seconds if this is a thing you should stop doing or if it's something you should be concerned about. Imagine imagine if you had, like, something like this, like, I don't know, like, implanted in your arm so, like, constantly monitored your blood and, like, the, the chemicals in your blood and you could, like, if you were drinking, you could, like, see your, your blood alcohol. <laughs> like, like the battery indicator on a MacBook Pro? Yep. <laughs> well, and I think this is part of the genius of Google is that if they had come out with something... Like that, people would say, Google's in injecting chips into your skin. They're creepy and weird. But instead, they didn't do that. They said, we're going to make something. It does one specific thing. It's very... I, what is more approachable as far as, like, a medical-type device than a contact lens, which millions of Americans wear already? Mm. Um, I just think it's a really smart, savvy... For a company known for being creepy and, uh, you know... <laughs> upsetting and all of those things. Um, I, I don't... I, what a genius way to create a product um, that is really approachable and, uh, and apparently easy to use. I mean, I've said before, I'm happy. Inject me with microchips. Like, I'll do all that, but I think your average American, I think a contact lens is really something they can get behind. Can we address the, the Google creepiness thing? Like, uh, Yes. I really don't get it. I don't get it. I mean... It's like I've heard people say, "Oh, it's it was creepy that I went on the Google homepage and it knew what my birthday was." You it's told it what your birthday was. It's not like it inferred that from like, "Oh, based on your likes and dislikes and your patterns of searching through the year, your birthday is likely in October." No. Like is did Google create this problem with their some of their terrible PR? Eric Schmidt choices over the years, or is that, or do people actually like? Is it a legitimate thing that Google is creepy, and I'm just some weirdo? I mean, well, for one, I think we're a little bit more liberal. The three of us are a little more liberal <laughs> with what we're willing to share. Like, I mean, I think there's still a lot of people that feel weird about sharing stuff online at all. You know, there's like our parents and our parents' parents, that sort of thing. Like, it's just completely foreign. It's a completely foreign thing. Uh, and whereas we grew up with that. We grew up with a Facebook or a, a Space My or, <laughs> you know, the, the page with the animated GIFs and stuff. Um, right. And the beautiful web design that emerged. Yes. <laughs> web design. It's really fantastic. <laughs> um, but would people rather pay what the value of their information directly to Google? No, you know, I'm I'm gonna make the argument that Google is not creepy because they have all our data. Because there are lots of companies that have all our data. That's yeah. Apple has right, all every our data. credit card company since credit cards were invented. 
That's not right, no. Right. Yes, that's totally fair. They actually. know where you are and they know what you buy and they know how much money you have. I don't, I don't know who I was talking to about to about this, but like, they were telling me like, which I totally buy this. Like, your bank or your credit card company um, generally knows you're getting divorced like six months before you get divorced because of all your spending habits change. Like, you start going to different bars and like. You know things like that. So, oh yeah, yeah, can, the, yeah, the Target thing with the woman who was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they know. And you know, I, again, I think Google is perceived as being creepy because of the media and movies and televisions. Whenever a company gets to the size, and we'll all admit Google is a massive billion, billion, billion dollar company. When you get to that size. It's easy to, you know, because before Google, Apple was the villain. Before Apple, Microsoft was the villain. Before, you know, going all the way back to the original AT&T before they broke it up. I mean, you know, J.P. Morgan. I mean, when you get to that size, I think movies and televisions, you know, they're rebooting RoboCop, which, A, is ridiculous, but also, B, is a great example of a company that, you know, the company in... What's the name of the company in RoboCop? See, I'm, I still haven't seen the original RoboCop. Oh, what's... Oh, this is really going to bug me, too. <laughs> the, the evil corporation in um, in RoboCop, it's like, because movies... Have Umbrella work, Corp? No. no well, I was going to say... I was going to say uh, Cyberdyne, but that's uh, Terminator, isn't it? They did I Skynet. I don't know. Um, but again, it just proves my point that the, the media has convinced us that a big tech company will eventually turn evil and destroy us all. And that's yeah. why we think Google's creepy. I think it's it's also that, like, I think Google is less creepy than Target because Target is a f- familiar thing. Like, regardless of what they're doing, department stores are not new in the grand scheme. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, they're new in the past, like, probably 100 years or something. But Google is new in the past 20 years. Um so it's different from that. That's what sets them apart is that they're new. You know, I think in in some someday, I, I, I don't know, we'll we'll have the new creepy, the new Facebook or the new Google that is like pushing, yeah. pushing boundaries and real creepy uh, and real popular as well. So any company when it reaches a certain size gets creepy. I'm sorry. It's a fact. Yeah. It's true. Um, let's talk. All right. Yeah. So yes, the uh, Google uh, contact lens. Uh, it's uh, just like most Google things. They pre-announce. Not a product yet. Has to be approved by the FDA. They're still testing because it is a medical device. They have to get all kinds of special permission to sell it. Um, so it's really more of a concept, but it is something they've built and know works. So um, keep an eye out for that in the future. Um. I would like to a uh, couple quick stories. Um, I want to point out to all the people out there when we talk video games, and I say Nintendo is a crap company with a crap product, and people, no, Nintendo's great. Don't count out Nintendo. They're coming back. Bullshit. <laughs> so to all those people, I say Nintendo announced uh, this week that their uh, sales of the Wii U last quarter. Uh, were 69% lower than what they projected, just 2.8 million, uh, meaning the company ha- uh, took a net loss of 240 million dollars. Um, 
they yeah. managed to sell uh, less than a million Wii U systems in the first half of uh, of last year. Um, overall, it's not been great. Uh, they said hardware sales did not reach their expected level. There was also a slowdown in 3DS sales. Um, so who knows uh, what the future holds for Nintendo. They have hinted uh, that they're going to change their strategy, maybe, uh, which can't say it's really not surprising, um, considering the difficulty they're having. I mean, are you guys surprised to see the numbers as low as they are for the Wii U? Not really. I don't, so I was talking to someone today who like just recently got a Wii U, um, and they were saying, like, the Wii U's act like, they actually thought it was great. They really enjoyed using it, like, the the touch tablet weirdness is like surprisingly cool and fun, um, but there's no games that use it. Like the games are like the same, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the problem, right? You have a cool system, but nothing takes advantage of the coolness, so no one's like there's no incentive to get the new one. I also like Nintendo makes great two to four player games, or at least. Yeah, they always have. And I ran into this problem recently. I have a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4, and I wanted a four-player game because I was going to have a large, you know, greater than, you know, two amount of people over, and I wanted to have something to play on the TV. I thought that'd be cool and fun. And there's nothing. There's no Mario Party. There's no Mario Kart. If there is a Mario Kart, but it's two players only, uh, it's all focused online. clone that Sony made. Yeah, yeah, there is that. But I don't like that game at all. I could go an entire show on how terrible that game is. <laughs> well, and that, that was the problem with the original Wii, was it was fun to use when you had people over. No one ever played it when you were sitting by yourself because you looked like a moron. Um, yeah, but that's not to be discounted. Er, yeah. No, that's a big part of it. I mean, I could see... I don't know anyone who could use the Wii U... Alone. Now, if you owned a Wii U and an Xbox, the Wii U would have its place, but not many people want two consoles. Yeah. How much is the Wii U now? Do the we Wii, know? well, you know, they're saying they, they, they dropped the cost. I'm going to go on Amazon right now and see how much I can pick up a, a Wii U for. If it was $200 and it came with at least two controllers, I could see that. But um, if it's any more than that... I don't know. Let's see. Well, right now, the Wii U Deluxe set, which has the new Super Mario Brothers and the new Super Luigi, which comes with the gamepad, the box, and I think a controller is $314 mm-hmm. on Amazon. Terrible. Too much. Yeah. I mean, it certainly isn't cheap. Not, not that that's surprising, but... Um, and of course, the funny thing about the Wii U is what happened. Remember when they promised all that TV integration? And no. They promised. They, they well, exactly. They what did they promise with the? T- they had a TV int- where you would use the pad to control your TV because uh, they were trying to do the same thing Xbox and all that is doing, and that never happened. Um, I don't. They just not that long ago finally launched their like social network system. They've uh, always had the me thing since the, the well, original the me, Wii. But the original problem was you used to have to have like a friend your friend's code, your friend code, and like mm-hmm. give your friend that code to connect online. It was an awful system. 
And so they said for the Wii U, we're going to create where you can friend people by name and you'll have a network and be able to comment and send people things. And I think they just finally launched that. Yeah. I mean, the, the company's just kind of imploded. But part of uh, what the discussion here is, is why doesn't Nintendo make games for other devices outside of the Wii U? Because really... And most of the people I know who've said they want a Wii U or own a Wii U bought a Wii U because of the Nintendo franchises. Your Zelda, your Mario Party, Mario... Mario, um, the, These big franchises Nintendo owns. Pokemon, that kind of thing. Do you think it would make sense for them to start making those games on, say, an iPad or for other... I mean, do they need to be in the hardware business? Well, I think they're... The two problems with that is the the Apple uh, phenomenon where Apple did do that, basically. They sold software for other hardware they didn't control, and I think Nintendo kind of sees themselves as controlling, like, the end-to-end Nintendo experience because Nintendo's a lot like Apple in that. Like, it's very, very child-friendly and very user-friendly, and everything has to be just so, and they do things kind of not first. Like, they didn't do online gaming for a while. Uh, the GameCube had a modem, but there were no, there was no, like, Nintendo gaming system. All the games had to do it themselves. Uh, and the other problem is, like, even a 3DS game is, like, still 60 bucks new, right? Can you sell a $60 game on the App Store? No. Yeah, but, yeah. Think, of how, but think of how many well, more iPods and iPhones there are than 3DSs. You don't think you'd make that up in volume? Especially with a franchise as big as a Mario? And volume minus, like, all the f- the distribution that you have, you know. Well, there is no... Well, there's just the 20, 20% Apple cut, right? 30%. I always yeah. forget about that. God. And that's, uh, why, that's why a lot of companies... But maybe that's Apple cut. Right, so maybe the 20% Apple cut plus the amount they'd have to cut off just to sell it there means that they would still be just as sunk as not doing it at all. Yeah. It's like, maybe they'll get there. I can't imagine they'll, like, go under before they do that. I don't know. How, so how much would you be willing... How Or not... You, I would be willing to pay $60 for one, but... Not on my I, iPad. But, like, for... I mean, for... I'm sure they could sell, like... If they made games for the PlayStation or the Xbox, I'm sure they could sell, you know, their titles. I mean, the Nintendo titles for as full-price games. I think that would make a ton of sense, really. I mean, even if you don't want to talk mobile and you just want to talk consoles... I mean, who isn't going to buy Mario Kart? Let's be honest. (laughs) This is true, but I think Nintendo knows that mobile's been their game since before we called it mobile. Like, oh yeah, right. I think the mobile sales of Nintendo have eclipsed the console sales for probably a decade or more at this point. Uh, I mean, but the other really- problem is that if Nintendo forfeits this game, like Nintendo's a public company, they can't do that without having a way to make up all the money that they're losing and licensing for their consoles and all the second-party developers and all the money they make just from having an ecosystem that they're not really making right now. But I mean, if it, it, all, all they did was say, all right, we're going to sell the same amount of games, maybe a little bit more for less on other consoles with other people taking a cut, 
then they'd have to, and we're going to lose out on all of the ecosystem money we made. That's yeah. not something you can do. It could, I mean, it could also be that this this is a something to get them through this this obvious rough patch that they're having right now with the console stuff. Like, I mean, I'm not saying, like, it makes it, maybe it, it you know, really, I like, I like the Wii. I've never used a Wii U, but I enjoyed the Wii for what it was. It was definitely different and cool. Like, yeah, and... Yeah. Obviously, they they to this point they haven't executed on the Wii U, for whatever reason. Like I've heard, it's not not terrible. <laughs> so it's probably it's probably a, a more of a businessy problem than the than the console problem, right? Um, so like maybe this is the thing that just keeps the ship afloat until they can do something better. Like I ra- I'd rather see that them sell out a little than them go under. Mm-hmm. But I mean I. I'm not Nintendo, thank God. But if I was, um, I would say keep the mobile, you know, 3DS, keep that going. I'd shut down the Wii U and just go to doling out on the franchises, but then up the merchandising, start making Mario movies, Zelda movies. Think of a Zelda movie. How much money would that make? You know, to do it like Lord of the Rings style? I wouldn't go see a Zelda movie. I think people would. I think people, you know, how much money has Angry Birds made? I mean, and, and, and they're selling that game for next to nothing. You know, think of a Mario game with in-app purchases. See, I don't think Nintendo would ever do in-app purchases. Though. No, I don't think they would. I think they should, is what I'm saying. I don't, I, I don't think they should. I, I think they should just license... I think all their money is in the property and not in the hardware. That's all I'm saying. Focus on... The Mario's and the Zeldas and all the all these wonderful Pokemon, all these huge properties they own, and focus your money there and stop losing money on the hardware. But I'm then not again, Nintendo. Then, then again, though, expanding like moving their their like game library, their their like franchises to new platforms is probably a much greater challenge than just, oh, let's start pro like, you know, I'm, I'm, I would imagine most of the, the people that work in Nintendo, like, I mean, they work, they program for the Wii, you know, it's, like, that might be a, a technical, like... Yeah. And then shit. all the, all, like, the, the Pokemon online stuff, it would just be like, how do you, how do you trade your Pokemon from your 3DS to your iPhone? Right. That's yeah. completely fair. I think we'll have to wait and see what 2014 holds for Nintendo, but certainly they can't keep doing what they've been doing because uh, they're 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 taking a big hit on the Wii U. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on and talk about uh, Amazon, the company. Uh, talking about a company that's creepy and knows everything about you. Hmm. Um. Let's talk about Amazon. Amazon, uh, it was uh, sort of leaked out, I guess, this week, that Amazon, uh, I want to preface this by saying this is not a real product. They haven't even announced they're going to do this. This is merely a patent on what they call uh, an- anticipatory shipping, uh, a system that allows Amazon to send items to shipping hubs in your area when it thinks they'll sell well. For example, um, 
if a snowstorm is coming, they might ship parkas to the northeast, or if they find that people in California really love avocados, they might send more avocados to a shipping center in Los Angeles. That sort of idea based on your previous searches and purchases, wish lists, how long, even how long the user's cursor hovers over an item on their website, uh, which is extra creepy. Um, now, like I said, this is only a patent. They haven't announced that uh, you know they're going to do it, but it certainly is a you know Amazon is all about getting stuff to you uh, faster. Um, so I mean, what, what do we what do we think about this? Is Amazon going to be the new creepy? I I don't I don't think they're going creepy enough. I want them to pre-ship a thing they think I'll buy that's in my wish list or. When I add it to cart, but I leave it there and I think it over, that's already on its way. And then, imagine then, it's like, hey, remember that thing you had in your cart yesterday? Well, we can get it to you by the end of the day today if you order it now. Like, that'd be pretty cool. I could just imagine the Amazon drone hovering outside your window with a box. <laughs> and, and, you, and you go, what do you have? And then it goes, Daniel, I have the... one click and it's already there. <laughs> And then if you don't want it, you go, I'm not interested, and then the drone just flies away with the package. It has, like, a sad face. Like, and, and, yeah. <laughs> sad, like, like well, I guess face. if it's already here, I'll take it. Yeah. Like, I don't. Do you add things? I add things to my Amazon cart, and then I second-guess myself. I really don't. Oh, yeah. I really shouldn't want them to do this, because it'll make me spend more money. But then if they were like, you could get it by 5 o'clock today... You know, just submit your payment. That'd be awesome for them. I don't know if the cost would be worth it for the sales increase, but I agree. I'd be down. Might be cool. I wouldn't be offended. It's an interesting concept. I mean, hey, anything to get the packages here faster. Um, I just, I feel like something about this won't work in real life, and they'll all of a sudden get a buildup of some weird item somewhere that the computer thinks people want. Uh, be like, why do, you know, why, why do we have a, a thousand plungers? Uh, I don't know, because they think people around here really like plungers. <laughs> um, but we'll have to see. Like I said, right now it's just a patent, but Amazon working to get stuff to you uh, even faster, sometimes even before you order it. So Amazon yesterday. Am Amazon yesterday, exactly. Amazon time travel. They know the future before it happens. You get the package, and you didn't even know that you'd order it yet. <laughs> you just have to wait for the need. I would, I would sign up for. I would try something like <laughs> there was like a Amazon would just sh like for I don't know like within a month a set limit per month or something. Amazon just shipped me stuff I needed. I <laughs> yeah, like hey, Google told us that you were like. You know, I don't know, looking for how to clean an oven, so we shipped you this box of stuff you can use to clean your oven out. It's not, well, you know, when you talk about smart appliances, your fridge will say, hey, he's out of uh, this, that, or the other thing, and Amazon will ship it to you before you even realize it. Yeah. I love the future. <laughs> um, so let's move on. Yes, you know, the future. I, what's what's this about HP pushing Windows 7 again? Oh, yeah, this is. I really want to talk about Windows because you know me. I'm someone on the show has to talk about Windows. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about Windows 7, Windows 8, and Windows 9. So uh, this week, HP sent out a mailer to uh, a good chunk of its customers saying, "Good news, everybody! 
<laughs> you, you've asked for it, and we're giving it to you. Windows 7 back on brand new computers you can order. Uh, desktops, laptops, the whole spread. If you go to HP's website, you'll see it right on there. You can get Windows 7 pre-installed uh, on your machines. This may remind some people of uh, when Vista first came around. Uh, after a while, companies started uh, selling computers pre-installed with XP. Um, and the reason I did this was I think it's been long enough that is Windows 8 a failure? is a question I, I think is worth discussing. As we look towards Windows 9 and we see HP doing this, um, is Windows 8 a success or a failure? I don't know. <laughs> okay, like... well, thank you. <laughs> I think it's a little premature to be able to say. Yeah, I mean, because oh, basically... Windows 8 been out? Windows 8, it'll be two years this fall. It's already been two years? Yeah. Oh my so it's about two, yeah, so it's about, no, I'm sorry, it'll be three years this coming fall. We just what? passed two years. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, well, well, you have to remember, we're, we're on 8.1 now already. We, you know, it's been long enough to have an update, so. It seems like not long enough. Does Apple update more frequently than Microsoft does? Like, major update? Uh, I think, like... The trend is heading towards Microsoft being more in line with Apple, but Apple's been releasing once per year longer than Microsoft has. I think Microsoft released 8, and then the next year they released 8.1, yeah. or was it two years later? No, well, it, it was ahead. announced a year. I think it was like a year and a half by the time it finally launched, but, um, yeah, it used to be. I mean, you think between, like, a Vista and a... It used to be a three- to five-year cycle, and now they're saying they'll get updates... Uh, and we'll talk about it. There's already going to be an update to 8.1 a year after uh, next spring, which will be about a year after the launch of 8.1. Interesting. Yeah, I don't... Um, I mean, it's hard to say because I haven't really used Windows 8, like, aside from just just for brief, like, messing around with other people's computers to make fun of it. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, it was pretty ambitious, right? It's like, hey, Windows users, here's this computer that you learned how to use. Now, relearn it completely. It's totally new. Um, you know, that's that sort of thing is going to take time. I don't know for like, I mean, I pick stuff up pretty quickly, but. I don't. I don't think the majority of, of the 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 Windows using population does. Uh, so I don't know. My I think the jury is still out on whether or not they've failed. Yeah, but it's hard to say. Can we say that Windows Vista was a failure? Well, it, well, I you know, and I'll. <laughs> uh, I, well, and I'll tell. I'll well, I'll mention something about that later. But I mean, what what do you what do you? I mean, do you think Windows Vista was a failure? Uh, it's hard to argue with it being a f well. Uh, I don't know. I don't have enough information. Okay. Like, no, that's that's. I an know a answer. lot of businesses did skip Windows. Windows Vista, they went right from XP to 7, but I don't think consumers really cared. 
Yeah. Are, are people going out and really not like average consumers not buying? And and then again, if it doesn't matter to Microsoft what the average consumer does, that's a very small percentage of their Windows, uh, whatever they call that group now, profits. So, you know, yeah, was, I don't know. It's hard to it's it's weird because like you know Apple releases a new operating system and then they say oh man within six months now ninety percent of people use their new operating system even before they didn't charge for it yeah that was true uh, granted they never charge as much I don't think uh, so but then Apple hasn't made like you know we can look back at the OS nine to OS ten transition and maybe get a better reading on whether Windows 8 has been successful or not, but I wasn't really paying attention when that happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I mean, I, from what I've, I, I understand Windows. I, I'm sorry, OS 9, which I've never used. I heard it was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> they had a lot of room for improvement there. But it was pretty good when it first came out. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, think. I feel, I feel so. I do feel like, like Windows Seven was like the pinnacle of traditional Windows, uh, like Windows uh, design, right? Like, mm-hmm. where, where is like XP being the? I don't know. I feel like you know, Vista was kind of a mess for various reasons, and they took the good stuff from Vista and the good stuff from you know, all the other years of technology, their stuff, and, like, they made Windows 7. It was pretty good. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't I don't hear many people complain about Windows 7. Uh, but then, you know, they turned everything on its head. Upside down. I, you know, I, I think it depends on how you look at it. In the core of public opinion, Windows 8 is a failure. People see it as a failure. They see it like they saw Vista, regardless of if it is or is not a failure. I think your average person on the street would say, ew, Windows 8, I don't want that, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. fair to say. I would also say that in business and enterprise, which, Dan, I think it's great that you mentioned that, uh, you know, most of Microsoft's profits come from their enterprise uh, businesses. Uh, I think it's also a failure there. I I think businesses are warming up to it, but I certainly think they're not gung-ho or ambitious, but to be fair, I don't think they're ever that ambitious. I mean, some of these, what is it, I read like 95% of the world's ATMs still run Windows XP. You know, oh, I mean... All the uh, subway machines in New York run, uh, uh, what is that thing called? It's not XP? even an operating system that you can buy anymore. That's not Windows either. It's the old IBM OS 2. OS 2, <laughs> IBM OS 2 from the early 90s. That's scary. But that's, you know, yeah. so I, I think it's... it's yeah, hard they work. <laughs> but I think in terms of an actual operating system, as someone who uses it every single day, I think it's a really good operating system. I mean, it works well. I don't have that many problems with it. It's got a lot of improvements over 8.1 over 8 and 8 over 7. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Metro's that great. I find myself almost never using it these days. Um, but... I don't think again it's all about public perception. I don't I don't think it matters how well the operating system works. Vista was the same way, you know. 
a lot of people look back at Vista and they say it wasn't a bad operating system. It had a little bugs. It got fixed over time, sort of like well, what Windows it, Seven. Like, I mean, Windows Vista was also pretty forward-looking because one of the reasons people initially thought, at least in the tech circles, thought it was bad is because it used all this memory, but it wasn't actually using it. It was just pre-fetching it. It was pre-reserving it for future operations. But people assumed because you know you open up a system. God, I'm really having task manager. Task manager, there you go. <laughs> and you look at your little memory graph, and you have no programs open. You expect it to be like super low, but it wouldn't be because it's like, well, they're probably gonna open Chrome, so I'm gonna prefix the Chrome stuff just in case and things like that. Uh, so, and it turns out that was the right move. Like OS 10 does that now as well. Uh, so maybe Windows 8. It's just a more visible version of that, where they're they're making the bet on touch, and in five years everything will be touch. I can envision a world. I think in five years most everything will be touch, in terms of consumer computers. Uh, it's whether it will be Windows touch, is the question. Yeah. Well, and and I will say. Uh... Most sources inside Microsoft say even Microsoft considers 8 a bit of a failure, and there's uh, strong indicators that after the next update to 8.1, the following version of Microsoft will be Windows 9, and instead of doing 8.2 or 8.3, it will be uh, Windows 9 in in hopes of distancing itself in the same way 7 did after uh, this stuff. So we'll have have to see, but if you want Windows 7, good news, HP is going to help you out. Um, on a good chunk of their machines, so something to be looking forward to. Um, Unless you guys have anything else, why don't we move on to our picks? Um, And I will uh, go ahead and jump in first, because uh, I'm excited about this pick, actually. Uh, I found this from a great Lifehacker article. It's a new website. Um, How many of you like relaxing music? Right, something something nice to play in the background, no vocals. I'm a big proponent of ragtime. is great to listen to in the background. Um, Sean Jennings, you heard it here, folks. Ragtime is. The- <laughs> it is. I, hey, I will. I turn on ragtime when I'm in the shower. It's great, and you just you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, what are some of the two most kind of relaxing background sounds? Jazz music. And the sound of rain falling, right? I love those two things. But some brilliant personally, person... I think I think it's a blender turning off and on again as someone like chops up some stuff in a blender. That's super relaxing. I'm being sarcastic. Okay, I was gonna say that's uh, that was the least like... relaxing thing I could think of off the top of my head. Um. <laughs> uh. So. What's wonderful is some uh, brilliant person out there decided to do what I couldn't think of doing and combine those two things in the best website I've ever seen, and that's called jazzandrain.com. Because I can't do screen sharing, um, because my computer is awful, uh, I'll show you. Jazzandrain.com. It's a very simple site, and it does work on your mobile device uh, on their site. And it does exactly what the website says. It plays jazz music and rain music. So let me turn on the, uh, the rain here. Here we go. Can you hear that? I can hear the rain. Okay. I don't hear any jazz. Well, I haven't turned the jazz on, so you can turn, you can alternate them. So let me. 
I'm not sure that's jazz, but I'll let it slip. Well, you know, they kind of have a preset list of jazz songs uh, in summer. And what's great is you can individually adjust the volume of each element. So there's a little slider here. I can't really do this, but I'm going to turn down the rain a little bit. Why isn't the rain turning down? <laughs> This normally works. But you get the idea. It's just jazz music and rain. That's the whole thing. I like it. It's wonderful, and uh, like I said, you can uh, you know, just do one or the other um, or play them both together. And it's a, just an awesome thing to just let play in the background. And I swear, I lay there with my eyes closed and my headphones in, and I'm just like, this is the best moment of my life. So, uh, I I really recommend just turn off the lights and just... It's wonderful. Jazzandrain.com. Uh, I highly recommend it. And it's it's brand new. It just came out like two weeks ago, so I know they're uh, always updating it to be better. But um, it's and what a great idea. So, I'm, I love it. So, jazzandrain.com. Bookmark it. It's wonderful. Uh-oh. Hmm. Okay, let's go with Colby. Uh, I saw this and I want this, so uh, let's let's <laughs> talk about uh, the wonderful Why Things Company and what they have that's new. Yeah, so uh, I was actually this is courtesy of one of our contest winners. I was talking to Jill earlier and uh, I didn't have a pick, and I was annoyed that I didn't have a pick, and she sent me this link. Uh, so basically, I guess I can share my screen here. Do it! Share the screen! Yeah, so this is another, in, in along our, our uh, trend the last couple weeks of, of like, smart homey things, uh, this is, this is a environment monitor sort of thing for your uh, for for your bedroom so it, it helps you like it's kind of like it does a lot some of the stuff like a Fitbit does it monitors your movement um, and it, but apparently it also monitors like your breathing and your heart rate which is insane because it does this with this pad thing that it doesn't go under your sheets it goes under your mattress. Um, so realistically, I think you probably don't even know it's there. Uh, I have no idea how it how it monitors your heart rate through your mattress. Like, it's blowing my mind. <laughs> I don't, maybe maybe it's bullshit. Maybe it's like an approximate heart rate or something. But either way, I think it's cool. Um, so you put this thing under your mattress, and you put this thing next to your bed, which is like a it's obviously it's got a little clock down here and it has this big light and it also has like uh, it's like sampling your the environment in your room so it, it measures like noise pollution and the temperature and the light level and like based on all that like generates this 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 light I don't know like it changes the color of the light and the intensity and stuff to help you sleep better. <laughs> 
I don't. I, it's it's kind of hand wavy on here, I guess. But it sounds cool. <laughs> and then they have this this sweet looking mo- mobile app that you can see all your graphs and stuff. Uh, so I'm a fan. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's like. I don't know if they have an API, which is what I want. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but it looks cool, and especially like. One of the things I hate is getting up when it's still dark out. Uh, so I feel like this this might help if you're if you're that kind of person like me, because um, I like to I like to get up when it's light out at like ten thirty or eleven. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It seems it could be cool. It's like two ninety nine or something, starting. Kind of pricey, but. Could be worth it. Cool. Cool. Why, whythings.com. Uh, they also make a series of other stuff. It's not W-H-Y. Oh. W- withings? Yeah, withings? I think you're right about why things. Because I, I assume it was like Wi-Fi. Yeah, no. I, I think you're right. Let's see their website. Maybe... Because the first thing... I know the first thing they came out with was a Wi-Fi... Uh, yeah. Uh, body scale that would like tweet out your weight. That was the first thing. And now they have scales and they have their little pulse tracker and blood pressure monitor. And I agree with your pronunciation. Uh-huh. I just didn't want the spelling to be ambiguous. Withings.com. Very cool. It's, uh, it's like that on Thirty Rock that that the homonym show. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I so wish was a thing. Um... <laughs> Very cool. All right. Uh, Dan, let's talk about your pick, which I don't know what it is or what it does. Hi. Okay, so the website is called The Setup, but the URL is usesthis.com. And basically what it is is a series of interviews with people who do stuff, and I can't share my... Is my screen shared? Yes, it is. Cool. Uh... At first, it was mostly, like, technology people, but they've really branched out to, like, authors, teachers, product managers, illustrators, photographers, and so, oh, and so here's a designer, so we can click on Chris Glass, and it's basically just an interview with him about what stuff he uses during a day, uh, like, computers, what camera, and the reasons why. Uh, you, I get a lot of cool little things out of here. Just, you know, here's day one, which I think someone picked. Airfoil is a great uh, way to stream any music source to an AirPlay receiver, not just an Apple pre-approved one, uh, and things like that. So I should really use this to get my picks. Investigative Reporter uh, talks about the pens that he uses. All this, it's just fun to read. Uh, and, like, you know, kind of drool over some of these people who actually have reason to... ...on some of this, you know, typically really crazy. Uh, so, yeah, it's fun. Check out usesthis.com. And the URLs are great, too, because, like, here, Adam Warwick. So the URL is adam.warwick.usesthis.com. They're just tons of fun. <laughs> That's but, neat. Yeah. The tips and the tricks from the pros. Uses this.com. Uh, wonderful. Wow. 
another show has come and gone. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to uh, to say before we leave for the evening? Stay safe. Stay safe. That's a good message. <laughs> Only in moderation. Only in moderation. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go with don't try this at home. We are professionals. Leave, leave it to us. We, could, we can maybe generalize this by saying don't panic. Don't panic. That's, <laughs> that's probably the best advice we can give, right? Uh, and the best way to not panic is to visit our website, don'tpanic.io. There, of course, we're live every Monday night. And, of course, uh, audio and video versions available on demand, as you please. Of course, links to our RSS. And subscribe to us on iTunes, if that's how you get your podcasts. Uh, our Facebook page link is there. And, of course, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Whew, that, that was a lot. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll end this week like we do most weeks by saying uh, relax, take a deep breath, don't panic. Uh, we'll see you next Monday. Good night. <laughs>